bong bong. Welcome to the potty is brought to you by Bet with Joel, the best in sports betting advice. If you want to get your money up, bro, sign up to Bet with Joel. That's the bottom line. He's going to send you the right advice. You follow the system. You make money. It's as easy as that. That's all I can tell you, man. You want to you give this shit a try? Go to betwithjoel.com slash ref. That's R-E-F. Slash welcome to the potty. P-O-D-D-Y. Enter promo code potty exclusive 50. That's potty exclusive 5-0 for 50% off your first week subscription. There's no lock-ins. Don't know why you'd want to leave. If you're, if you're getting... Free money, bruh. You're just gonna leave that? What's wrong with you, dude? Betwithjoel.com slash ref promo code pot sorry slash ref slash welcome to the potty. Pro- Betwithjoel.com slash ref slash welcome to the potty. Promo code potty exclusive 50 for 50 Support the Welcome to the Potty podcast by buying a Welcome to the Potty unsourced t-shirt. Dude, these shirts, I wore one to my gig last night. And I felt like no I was just receiving a warm hug for the entire show. Dude. You want a hug, bro? Time's been tough. Get yourself a welcome to the potty unsourced t-shirt. These bitches are fucking comfortable, bro. And guess what? 5% of all proceeds go to a different charity each month. You go to welcometopotty.com slash charity, bro. Or charities. And you see how many charities... We've been supporting fucking the most charitable podcast, bro. And that's a fact. You Google that. Google that shit, bro. Welcome to potty.com slash store for your butt soft. Welcome to the Potty Outsource T-shirt. Let's start. Welcome to the party, bong bong! It's your man Clay Tron, aka the big boss man, aka the clumsy jeweler, cause I'm always dropping gems, aka the milkman, cause I always deliver, aka the PhD of podcasts and the Magnum PR podcast and the captain! Oh man, I, that's the third attempt <laughs> at this. We have got Brianna Bowley back again, guest of the year. Yeah boy. You've done it. <laughs> the inaugural guest of the year. Fuck yeah. Been doing this Even for better. five years and this is the first first cool. guest of the year. I'll take that. So I think we'll get straight into it and give you your uh your prize here. Bless. Fuck yeah. How cool is that? That's the uh the trophy <laughs> there. Guest of the year. 2019 guest of the year. That's so cool. That's gone straight to the pool room. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. The, uh, the idea was to get a championship ring made up. Yeah, no. Um, but no one would do a one-off championship oh, ring. Oh, really? Everyone wants like oh, a full team's worth. That so sucks. I was like, there's like a, a few companies in Australia that do them. None of them would do it. So I tried America. None yeah. of them would do it. Um, and then people were saying like, oh, just get like, just get them all done in advance. Yeah. I was like, well, the thing about championships is like the... They're custom, they're yeah, like, yeah. for each person. Like, I'm not going to get them all. Yeah. So, trophy it is. No, I'm still stoked. <laughs> That's wicked. Thank you. Yeah. What's been going on? Heaps. I've, you know, I've moved to Gold Coast yeah. now. Yep. Um, so, yeah, just doing my thing up there. And Why the move? Mixture. Part of it was a business move. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the market's a little bit more aligned with what, like, I'm looking for business-wise up okay. there. 
and then just lifestyle like it's always warm up there by the beach yeah doesn't get much better so yeah, yeah. nice one yeah and um how's how's the business good good yeah. so we've We've taken a little bit of a step back from, I think last time we spoke, like I was pretty heavily involved with the, the academy stuff. Yep. We've taken a little bit of a step back just because we're kind of, and like this is this is the nature of being an entrepreneur, like we'd maybe bitten off a little bit too more mm. than we could chew in terms of like trying to build three different aspects of one brand all at once. Um, so kind of taking a step back um, and like just focusing now on building my personal brand a little bit more yeah. with the intention of like later down the track, sort of like kind of kicking Bring things off back. again. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I identify with that a fair bit because it's obviously fringe season at the moment and I've been getting like mostly comedians in here just like yeah. every day I'm trying to do sets. Yeah. And I just don't, I just don't have any time like to myself. Like, I'm yeah. still working full time. Fuck. So nine to five at work, come home like organize all of this and get it set up and get someone in, get them out and get, get into town and try and do a set or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so, chaos. Yeah. It, I mean, it's only four weeks. Like, so, um, just suck yeah. it up and get it done. Yeah. But if that ended up being like a full time thing, I'd be like, I've got to yeah. give, yeah, give something that. up here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, I saw a video that you posted. I think it might've been, Late last year or earlier this year, mm-hmm. where you got quite vulnerable in it, mm-hmm. um, talking about your financial situation and the the perception of social media yeah, yep. and all of that. So I didn't realize that you've been on and off homeless for the last eighteen, maybe I don't yeah I don't remember when the video was, maybe more like twenty months now. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny you bring that up. I was literally thinking about that video on the way here, hey. Okay. Yeah, because like people, like I've, so this is the first time I've come back to Adelaide since doing that video and mm-hmm. I've had a couple of friends bring it up with me and like, yeah, so it's been in my mind and driving here I was thinking about it. So uh, yeah, it's interesting you bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when was the first sort of moment or how, how did home homelessness begin well are you talking are you talking more homelessness as in like couch surfing or are you talking like sleeping outdoors in your car in in my car i've slept in my car a number of times i guess it's funny because for a really long time it was a label that i didn't take on Mm -hmm. um because like there's a there's a part of me that fucking loves it like there's a part of me that loves waking up in my car, like by the beach or whatever, and waking up and just being able to go wherever the fuck I want. And then there's a part of me that hates it as well. Mm. And um, so for a really long time, I never took on the label. And even from the perspective of like, I chat to friends and stuff about it and I'd be like, you say crazy Brie, like, you know, you just fucking cruise the country, like, um, you know, doing your thing, living out of your car. And I was like, okay, like people, people think that like, this is, this is cool. So like, I can't, I can't, you know, yeah, I can't take on the label of homelessness when people think it's like an intentional thing. And to a degree it was intentional. Like for me, it was a trade off of my business means so much to me and what I do in the world means so much to me that it was like, I'll sacrifice whatever it fucking takes. And for me at that point in time, it did mean, well, like I can either go and get a full-time job and step away from putting all my focus into the business in order to be able to pay bills and rent and all of that shit. 
Um, or I can like choose to step away from the bills and all of that and like keep working on the, on the business. So like it was in a major way by choice and it was an empowered decision. Um, but when I actually like stopped and checked in with myself, I was like, yeah, like I'm fucking homeless. Um, and like, I, like I said, I do remember friends saying to me like, yeah, like this is so cool, Brie, you're such a nomad. And I'd be like, yep. But then behind the scenes, like internally, there was this part of me that was like, you don't actually know that this is like, you know, like it's a, in a, in a way a forced decision, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean the, the beautiful thing about it was that was actually what helped me make the decision to move to Burley in in Queensland because, Mm -hmm. um, for so long I've been putting off doing it because it was like, well, I don't have a place to live up there. So then when I ended up without a place to live here in Adelaide, it was like, well, there's no difference. The only difference is I'm living somewhere I actually want to live. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's also like, like you said, you can focus hundred percent on the business and at that point, what do you actually have to lose? Exactly, well? exactly. You don't have a job to lose. You don't have a house to lose. Exactly. You don't have a whatever, mortgage, land tax, exactly. et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was a strategic move as much as anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And did, did that affect you? Did that affect you? Like, is that is that a difficult thing where maybe your friends don't understand that it, although it, it was a an empowered decision that you actually don't have a roof on your head over your head. You don't have an anchor. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there were parts of me that loved it and there were parts of me that hated it. So like initially it was like a big adventure. And then like, there were those moments where it was like, I really need a fucking shower and I've got nowhere to go. And like trying to like, you know, like my phone would die or whatever. And I'd have to like, you know, sit there just like in the middle of nowhere, charging it up uh, in my car and it wouldn't always fucking work. And so, like, just shit like that, which you wouldn't even really take into account. Um, So, yeah, there were definitely times where I was like, fuck this. Mm. Um, Yeah, so, like, pros and cons. Pros and cons, yeah. Yeah. And that that move up to Burley, beautiful part of the world. Yeah. Been there a couple of times, I think. Yeah. Um, So, is there... In in terms of that, um, like, sort of target market... Mm -hmm. What, what is that exactly and why is it in, in the Gold Coast? Sure. So it's still entertainers, entrepreneurs, athletes, basically umbrella term, influencers. Yeah. Um, but I find that, and I think a lot of people are going to listen to this and be like, fuck, she's ragging on Adelaide. But what I find is that the people who are really serious about getting after um, a role as an influencer generally get out of Adelaide pretty quick. Mm. And that's simply because there's not a lot of opportunity in Adelaide. You know, it's very much still like a big country town. You know what I mean? Whereas in the Gold Coast, like it's a very transient part of the world. Um, There's a lot of like actors up there. There's a lot of um, high level athletes. Like you got all your Nitro Circus riders predominantly based out of there. Like it's just, it kind of feels like the place to be if you're in that influencer role. Yeah, okay. Um, So yeah, like a lot of coaches up there, a lot of, you know, um, uh, what do you call them? Like a, ah, fuck. Like a solo entrepreneur kind of thing. Or public figure. That's probably a better term for it. Yeah, they're all up there. And they all have moved up there specifically to pursue that. So yeah, what I was finding was that like people here are still, and this is a total generalization, but they're still very much in that, position of like I think this is what I want to do I don't know if it's possible so I'm not going to go all in yep whereas people up there it's like nah whatever it fucking takes 
And so they obviously are willing to invest in the kind of services that I offer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And do you find anything about that environment that isn't great for those people? Uh, like in terms of how that party culture sort of resides in the Gold Coast? Um, to be honest, I haven't really come across much of the party culture. Okay. Full transparency. I guess that's not really like a... Uh, yeah, that's not really a scene that I get amongst. Um, there, there is like a slight element of what I've come across is that like these people, they're doing what they do because they love it. And so they want to, um, they want to make sure it's fun. Yeah. So like, I've certainly come across and like, I've done this myself where it's like, we'll be at a business, like a massive business. Um, like I went to a six day business, um, workshop and like day three, we were like, fuck it, let's have like a tequila shot for lunch, yeah. you know? And so there was that element of like, you know, like I guess a little bit of like a party element, but it's like, we're doing it because this shit gets to be fun mm-hmm. because we don't want to waste our life away aiming for the goal rather than like loving the whole journey. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I find people tend to, they set this goal and they fucking grind the whole way to the goal. And then when they hit the goal, the goal's moved. And so they keep grinding and they yeah. never actually fucking enjoy what they've got. Yeah. Um, so up there, I, yeah, I want to say what I've experienced isn't as such like a party mentality. It's a let's enjoy what we've got now mm-hmm. and still keep shooting for what's next. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I guess when you get into something that is your choice and what you want to do, you want to get away from that grinding yeah. to grind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to, yeah. you want to grind to achieve something. You want to enjoy it. Yeah. You want to have that passion and that drive and not. You want to feel like you get to do something rather than you have to do something, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, yeah, is something that a lot of people, like, you know, people working behind, like in their cubicle, don't, yeah. they don't get yeah. that. They don't yeah. get that feeling. They get to wake up every day and feel like, fuck, here we go. Yeah. Another, another day, another dollar, as they say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, obviously, a lot of people are just grateful to be in the position that they're in. I've got a steady job. I've got an income. I can support my family blah 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 but um yeah there is there is that element where you don't want to you don't want to lose sight of the you know the path that you've you've yeah. taken yeah yeah i am um, back to like the party culture because i'm like sinking my teeth into comedy um the culture is a bit different in in adelaide to like to probably what you hear like in hollywood and stuff where like you're out until two in the morning and drinking and all of that yeah. kind of stuff but like that gets me thinking about how easy that trap is to fall into, and even if even if you're a comic and you think that, you know, oh, I work at night, I can sleep all day. Um, you miss out on a chunk of your day where you could be writing new jokes yeah, or, or stuff like that, yeah. falling into that trap, and then and I see that I've I've been there in terms of like Friday mm. or Saturday, like. You're working for the weekend, you just go and get written off, and then yeah, you've lost actually that time to decompress over the weekend because yeah. you're too busy being hungover or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a friend of mine's a, a dancer, and so obviously she she works like late nights, you know, at clubs and whatever else. And um, like she was telling me that like in winter it's fucked because like she'll sleep in until one a.m. or something, mm. and then by the time like she's up and functioning and whatever else, like the sun's on its way down. So like she misses out on vitamin D and all of that sort of stuff. Like just basic stuff you need to actually feel good. Yeah. Um, and you know, and especially like if the weather's shit, you can't get outside anyway. So 
you know, like she says, she quite easily f- like finds herself falling into this like pattern of like a downward spiral yeah. because she's just not actually like, she's not getting the basic, you know, sunshine and stuff. You need to actually feel good. Yeah. yeah. It's rough it, it, in Melbourne because the weather's so fucking terrible over there. My friend moved there maybe, fuck, maybe two or three years ago now. And he just sort he sort of like hit a bit of a slump and he went and saw his doctor and his doctor's like, Oh yeah, you're, you're vitamin D deficient. Yeah. And, um, got him on some vitamin D supplements and he just like came back up again. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, probably 95% of Melbourne is yeah. vitamin D deficient. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, fucking nuts. Sucks. Yeah. And that's when you need to go to the Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> way happier up there for that reason alone. <laughs> at least we get some sun yeah. um, down in Adelaide, little old Adelaide. Yeah. Um, now, you're... Personal friends with Stylebender? Uh, I wouldn't say friends. friends. We, we've, we've met. You've met. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not big, not like huge on, on fighting, but I saw his win like maybe a few months ago. Yeah. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, put New Zealand on the map for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Broke my heart a little bit though. Like I'm a big Robert Whittaker fan. Oh, okay. And yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. And then um, did you watch the fight? Two weeks ago, week and a half ago, Wilder no, Fury. No, no, I didn't. No, wow. I'm a big Wilder fan. Yep. And uh, it was hard to watch. Yeah. Fury just outclassed him from, yeah, from okay. the first bell. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, the podcast, that's still... Still kicking still along. Still kicking along. Now, yeah. how regular are you doing that? Uh, still weekly. Still weekly? Yeah. And you said you're outsourcing your editing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to find the right person at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's... Fuck, it takes so long. Yeah. And it's just... I've, so I've been studying... I don't know whether you've heard of human design. Mm-mm. Okay, so human design... I don't really know how it was created or any, anything like that. And like some people listening will fucking roll their eyes at this, but whatever. It's kind of like... Um, it's what your soul was born into your body specifically for. And like, so it's looking at uh, the main place you operate from, like whether it's heart or intellect mm-hmm. or blah, 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 blah. It's all this different stuff taken into account. And it's so fucking spot on um, that it spins me out. And so studying that, um, it, it went into detail about, I'm, I'm what's called, so there's I think five different types of, of design you can be. And I'm, I'm what's called a manifester. So it's someone who initiates but doesn't complete. So I pass a, I've got to learn to delegate. Okay. And I, I was reading up on that like last week and was like, fuck, like that's why the podcast is feeling heavy because like I should just be recording and then like chucking it off to someone else yeah, to, right. to edit. So yeah, I'm like madly trying to find someone to, to do the editing now. Yeah. yeah. And um, is yours a highly edited show? Nah. No? Nah, we do fuck all editing. It's yeah. literally just like... You know, if if there's a dog barking or something in the background, yeah. just like cropping bits or yeah, yeah, yeah right. we do fuck all. Yeah, that's not too bad. Um, have you tried Fiverr? No. Usually, like, very easy way to source like that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you can usually get uh, like a copy of some of their work or whatever. Like they can show you what they've done. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they're all, it's just people 
that are putting their services online so yeah. they charge what they charge like there's no set rate so yeah, you can yeah. find someone that'll be I, like five bucks an hour or you can find I've, someone 50 bucks I tried an hour. that for a logo fucking oh, years ago okay. oh my god I got like what I got back was like I don't know it was like a five year old did it in paint oh okay <laughs> it's like, oh Whoa. no yeah <laughs> yeah how's that get regulated do you know like if you're oh, not, i don't know yeah if you're not know. happy with it and, and it's just some garbage and i remember like messaging them back and being like did you even read anything that i wrote like because you give them a what do you call it like a the brief yeah brief yeah and i was like did you even read anything that i wrote and then yeah like i think they just they wrote back in broken english oh right and then like gave me like something pretty much like another like five-year-old's paint you know kind of art or whatever you want to call it wow and yeah i was like okay i'm just gonna go hire someone local yeah fair (laughs) enough yeah and what are you doing back in adelaide just visiting friends family or yeah so i got uh i came over for a fight commentary gig oh i did see yeah Yeah, i saw you post that so that was sunday um, and then, yeah, I've just been running a couple of my own events through work and yep. like, like through my business and whatever else. Um, yeah. And then just catching up with friends and family. It's my birthday at the end of the month. So, okay. well, uh, well, yeah, catch up with as many people as I can while I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you, have you done fight commentary before? No, no. How was it? First. It was, it was good. It was fun. I was like, when the guy approached, so the, the uh, promoter approached me like months and months ago and I'm like, like I obviously know Muay Thai, I know kickboxing, I know MMA, but I, I wouldn't say I'm the most like technically savvy person mm. when it comes to it. So I was like, are you sure I'm the person for the job? And he basically voiced, so I was one of three commentators and one of the commentators was the former government official for the combat sports regulate, re- regulating body. I don't know. I don't know exactly what his role was, but so he obviously knows like more of the the governing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, then he had a second person who was like a really, um, really successful trainer and then myself. And he basically said, well, I want your role to be like about the people, like about giving the fighters a profile. And, you oh, know. okay. So I was like, okay, well, that I can do. Um, so yeah, I think it was maybe a little bit left of center to what people are used to from a commentator, but it was like, I was, I was in my element. Like yeah, I, especially, yeah, especially like a lot of the, uh, I didn't feel so comfortable with the actual commentating of the fight, like the like I said, the technical side. But a lot of the fighters were people I've either worked with, had on the podcast, or you know, like and friends with, trained with, whatever. Yeah, cool. So yeah, it was cool to just kind of like rattle off some stuff, give them a bit more of a background kind of foundation for the audience and that. So yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was good fun. So when you're doing like a profile of a player, you. I mean, sorry, fighter. Yeah. Are you doing that like sort of like more before the fight starts or? Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I put together notes mm-hmm. um, beforehand of like, like I said, most of them I knew. So I've either had them on the podcast or I'm friends with them or whatever. So that was easy enough to just be like, you know, um, I did reach out to like coaches and the athletes themselves um, for like just to fill in any gaps or if, if there was anything specifically that they wanted added or didn't want me to mention so there are a couple of things like for example one of the and i know he's fine with me mentioning this one of the gyms um um that was a part of the show the gym was founded as a result of an attempted abduction um yeah when when um the founder was a child and um so yeah basically he started up up the gym to make sure that so the only reason he escaped this abduction was because he had a bit of martial arts knowledge Mm. 
Um, so he started up the gym with the intention that like kids would learn how to defend themselves. Um, so of course something like that was, which is a little bit more of a touchy subject. Like I hit him up and said, are you okay with me sharing this with the audience? Yeah. And he was fine with it. Um, so yeah, did a little bit of like research in the lead up, but most of it was just stuff that I rattled off. Yeah. I knew it one way or another. Okay. Yeah. And, and are you, how are you working that kind of information into the fight? Um, a lot of it was in between rounds okay, and yeah. like as they were walking out. Um, and then, you know, cause I mean, some fights uh, are like, go, go, go the whole time. Others, there's a little bit like there's less to commentate because maybe they're feeling each other out or they're feeling our timing or whatever. So it's sort of almost a bit like, it's a bit stale. Yeah. And in those moments, it's easy for, um, for the commentary to just go silent. Yeah. So I sort of would take those opportunities and jump in with okay. whatever info. And you felt, you kind of felt the rhythm. You felt like... Yeah. Yeah. just naturally like first time yeah yeah that's yeah. it I mean I know there's going to be a few people out there I've already had a couple of comments of like that's not what the commentary team's for but it's like hey like it's 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 called progress yeah you know? like if we always do what we've always done we always get what we've always got and yeah. I think there's a lot of room for combat sports to grow um, and I think the key I was having a conversation with uh, I don't know whether you've heard of John Wayne Parr don't think so no so he's um he just fought Anthony Mundine boxing okay um, when was it end of last year I think um. Yeah. So quite a big name in, or probably probably the biggest. Oh name in yeah, uh, young young guy, white guy. Uh, he's forty five. Oh, he's forty five. Yeah, yeah. So that Mundine was his retirement fight. Oh, okay. Cause, um, yeah, I just remember Mundine, you know, talking his shit. Um. To yeah, like a. Like one of the best current fight at like boxes in Australia. Okay. That was like a younger guy, so I didn't know if they. Yeah. Or not. I don't know. I don't really follow boxing. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so John Wayne Pai is a Mu- Muay Thai fighter, yep. um, but yeah, he jumped across for boxing for, for his retirement. Um, but yeah, I had him join me on the podcast recently and we were having, having a chat about how to grow the Muay Thai and combat sports scene. And he said, you know, we've got to look at what the UFC are doing, um, and how they are really setting up, like, you know, you like Conor McGregor versus Cowboy, for example, we know Conor McGregor, we know his upbringing, we know where he's come from. You know, like we, f- we feel like on some level we know him as a person. Yep. Same with Cowboy. And so people are more emotionally invested when they feel like they know and understand someone beyond just like, you know, this is Joe Blow, he's had five fights, two losses or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, They've got like the UFC, I feel like is almost like... Um like the WWE but yeah. real fighting like they've got yeah. storylines exactly yeah. yeah yeah and so yeah I mean that's like having that conversation with John Wayne Parr I'm a big believer that we need to give that that background story to athletes and to entertainers to, to anyone who's in the public eye because that's how we have people start to feel more invested in their success yeah. um, or their demise depending on whether they like them or not um, yeah so John Wayne Parr was like you know I think that's really the key to it so I was like fuck yeah like this I feel like I'm on the right track whether whether the traditionalists agree with it or not in terms of like using that in a commentary sense i couldn't really give a fuck to be honest because yeah. it's, it's from, from in my mind it's progress for sure and i think also that can that can hook someone that is um sort of doesn't doesn't really care that's what watching a fight with a friend or yeah. someone in the background like if someone's not really into fighting They've got. They can root on someone based on their story, or exactly. yeah, yeah. I think exactly. it, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and you get a lot in baseball because it's so slow. Yeah. Um, ridiculous facts about um 
you know, the last time a pitch was thrown this fast in October, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 shit like that. And, um, and a lot of stories on, on the players and their, their pro fathers yeah. and, and stuff like that. Well, that's what got me into the sport. Like when I, I remember, um, my boyfriend, when I was like 17, showed me UFC and that was, uh, George St. Pierre, who's like a massive name. But yeah. back then I had no idea who he, who he was. And I remember watching him being like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, this is so bad. And, um, and then, yeah, it wasn't until I became friends with someone who was prepping for her first uh, K1 fight and then going to see her fight because I knew her and I knew what she put into getting there. And like, I knew, you know, how she was feeling ahead of her. And like, I, I knew the background story of her. I was like, I was invested, you know? And then from there, like I started meeting other fighters and starting, you know, beginning to, to hear their stories. And so that's what actually got me in, in, interested in the sport. Mm. It was through the people, you yeah. know? So yeah, I think it's, uh, that's the key to making it a mainstream sport, like setting it up where the people who don't necessarily train it or understand it or know how it's scored or anything like that, get to know the individual personalities and then they're hooked. Yeah. Especially because, um, there's no like legacy, like a lot of people, I'm a Collingwood supporter because my dad's a Collingwood supporter yeah. or, or whatever. Um, so there's, there's no legacy in fighting. The careers are short. Mm. Um, so, so the stories, yeah, the stories you can identify with, it can take away from like how brutal the sport is mm. as well. Yeah. So instead of people like, oh, these violent, like these guys are just animals or whatever. Yeah. You can, you can sort of see that there's a person behind yeah. there yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I think it's great. And, um, I mean, there's always going to be closed minded people saying like, let's do what we always do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've always, I've had a lot of people say like, oh, you should try and get into like commentating basketball. I'm just like, I know the game and I love it, but I just don't know if, I don't know yeah. if I'd be good at it. Like. You get into a rhythm. Yeah. Like I was like, <laughs> we had, we had, um, the, f the very first bout of the day was a demonstration bout. Yeah. And it was like two, I think they were like nine, maybe 10, 10 years old max. And like, obvi obviously being so, so young. And just a demonstration bout. There wasn't, um, there wasn't a huge amount of like technical brilliance there, and that's mine. Sorry, that's all right. Um, Amateur hour. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that was hard for me to to commentate. Like I was, I was sitting there. You know, like when it's really clean technique, it's like, yeah, that was a jab cross, whatever. You know, or that was a sweep or or whatever, but a less technical, less experienced fighter, obviously it can get a little bit like whirlwind. Yeah. Um, where it's just, you know, like a flurry of movement. And I, I remember like the two, the two guys that I was commentating with, they're like, you know, just like rattling off stuff. And then they'd look at me and they're like, and I was like, yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. And, uh, but after that, like that, that was tough. And I was like, Oh, I might be in trouble here. Like I might be up in for a solid day of just like feeling like I've got nothing to say. Yeah. But as soon as we got into like more of the, the actual bouts rather than the demonstrations and like people that I knew and, you know, who had, I guess, more of a story in the sport. Um, yeah, then it was crazy. So it was a demonstration like beginners or demonstrations basically just like, uh, if they're, 
I'm I'm not sure exactly how it works. I think different um, governing bodies have different rules in that. Okay. Um, but yeah, my understanding is these these kids are too young to sort of have a oh, right. have a bout as such. So yep. basically, no one wins. It's just at the end, you know, like a congratulations for having the guts to get in there. Right. And then um, like it doesn't count towards their, um, you the know, record fight or record or anything yeah, like okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And did you um did you see this girl that won the UFC recently? She was from Australia, I, Megan I think. Megan Anderson. Yes, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't see the fight. That was the same day as the commentary gig. But oh, okay. I heard it was pretty unreal. And she, so she's she's good, I guess. I don't I don't really know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I haven't I haven't seen a lot of her yeah. fighting. Um, I've had a little bit of contact with her through a client that I worked with, okay. but I don't actually, I know her on a semi-personal level. I don't know on a, her on a athlete level. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, what, from what I could see online and this is, this may be ignorant. I don't know. I'm just regurgitating shit that I read, <laughs> but it sounded like maybe who she fought wasn't that strong. Yeah. And now the fight that she's asking for might be a bit out of her league. Yeah. 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 I have Which to. seems to be like pretty recurring story. Like you've got to, you've got to have that ego and talk that shit. This place part of it. So yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't looked deeply enough into it. I just, uh, I got a message uh, from a friend after I finished up with the commentary saying, did you hear Megan Anderson? Yeah. Got the, it was a KO, I think. Oh, okay. Where's um, she from? Do you know? Uh, I don't actually know. She, I, I, she's Aussie, but I couldn't tell you where from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any clients from the AFLW? No. 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 Okay. Um, <laughs> next question. <laughs> no, okay. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on the, the female body playing that sport? Like I get that like fighting is more brutal, mm-hmm. but I don't think it has the same stress on the body as, you know, I, I think AFL's far more brutal than fighting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So in my mind, MMA or, or any combat sport, yeah. you're facing one another. Yeah, like, right. you know, the punches are coming, you know, the takedowns coming, whatever. Um, you can't take any, like, uh, you know, if someone turns their back, like you can't, you can't throw a punch or anything like that. How, what, what, do you, what would you say the percentage would be in combat sport or not combat sports in like MMA of the time, the amount of time you're aiming for the head. Cause that's all, all I say about oh. boxing is like, it's probably like 90% Fuck, in boxing, one. which, which yeah. is so dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. MMA, at least you, like you've gone for legs, you've gone for body shots yeah. a lot. Um, but I still, I still think anything where you're aiming for someone's head is just super fucked up. Whereas yeah. like, like gridiron, football, basketball, you're not, you're not aiming for the head ever. Yeah. So that's where, that's where I differ like draw the line. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's that's hard to give you a percentage because there's so many elements of MMA. Yeah, like and there's, strategy and... Yeah, yeah, and there's, you know, you've got takedowns, you've got, like, submissions, you've, like, yeah, it's... Yeah. it's Obviously, your body shots, that sort of thing. Whereas, like, from, from in my mind, AFL, like, you're running, someone comes at you from this direction, mm. like, you're not ready for that hit or you're not expecting it or, or you take it the wrong way or whatever. Yeah. And, like, that's where you get fucked shoulders, legs, like, you know, your knees, all that sort of crazy shit. And, like, I mean, the, the, the 
uh, regularity of, of concussion in footy is yep. like, yeah. I mean, just the, the amount of ACLs, I think it's increased in men's football because the game's changed a bit, but women's football yeah. is, there's just like, there's like a couple every weekend. And it's yeah. just like, it just doesn't seem like, yeah. like the right game. I think, um, I mean, I'm not super clued in on footy. I've done some work with football players in the past, yeah. but I'm not, and I watch it, but it's not a game where I'm like, yeah, I fully understand it. But I think, like, obviously men's AFL has had a lot of time to develop. Yeah. Whereas women's... Decades and decades. Yeah. yeah. Whereas women's, I think, is still in that kind of... Um, Development. Yeah, it's still lacking a lot of that technical brilliance, yeah. you know? Like, don't get me wrong, these women are fucking incredible, but it still can get really messy. Yeah. You know, like, I remember going to one of the first matches when, when um, the women's AFL started up and witnessing, like, you know... There were that many like clotheslines happening, you know, where chicks would just like get fucking thrown to the yeah, ground yeah. like clotheslined, um, and I think it was just because it's such a fast moving pay, uh, fast moving game that if you haven't had enough experience to really learn how to read the, the the read the game and whatever else, then yeah, it can get really messy and 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 sloppy and whatever else. And I think especially um, at at a, the highest level there's more at stake. So the girls want to do better. Mm. So then it gets even more hot headed. So that just like, you know, kind of 10 X is the, the messiness of it all. Yeah. And I think like, you know, in let's say 15 to 20 years, once, once it's been more established through childhood, mm. like all these guys that go to play AFL have been playing since they, since they, could touch yeah, the ball since they exactly. could hold the ball. Yeah. Whereas these girls are like, I'll play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just that I think that's dangerous for in a game like that. Yeah. 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 And I think it's I mean, it's only even at a club, like a local level, it's it the sport hasn't been available to women yeah. for very long at all. So yeah. yeah, like you said, it's you know, maybe they've started at eighteen or whatever versus like, yeah, the boys have been playing since yeah, they yeah. first they first And I think it is up. I think it is like much more available now in schools and clubs and stuff yeah. for, for um females. So I think it will yeah. develop but it's not gonna be quick. Yeah. But um, like I've been um so I did a lot of work back in the day with a couple of different football clubs, like with sport like injury management stuff. And I remember constantly being hounded by um like coaches and, and, and club presidents and stuff wanting me to play footy for the girls' teams. And I was like, fuck that. Like, yeah. I do not want to, like, pop an ACL or, like, you know, end up with a broken eye socket or, like, any <laughs> of the other shit that I've seen going on, you know, with, with footy full stop, but especially women's footy. Yeah. I'm like, nah, like, I care about my body too much. And then and a lot of the time the response I got was like, yeah, but you do kickboxing. It's like, well, that's pretty different. Yeah. You know, like, you know, someone's going for your head, so you're guarded up or like, you know, that someone's going to go for your ribs. So you're prepared, you know, versus, yeah, running along and next thing someone's coming from the side. Yeah. Oh, I, those ones like where they come in from the side of the legs, just like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like being sick. Yeah. Knees aren't meant to go that way. No. Um, now what was I, where was I? I had it. 
you hate that? Yeah. It's like the is... worst thing about being a podcast host. <laughs> it happens to me so often. I'm like, fuck. I try not to have the um the pad too much, especially with the yeah. camera on, because yeah. I see that like this. <laughs> it's not a good look. But um no, I've got a I had the guy that was on yesterday, um, he said that he he played footy as a kid and his mum like sort of pushed him into basketball because she okay. thought it was safer. Yeah. And his first game he breaks his wrist, it was his first broken bone, his first sports injury. <laughs> And um, yeah, so that's just that's just the luck of the draw. So yeah. I broke I broke everything playing footy. Yeah. I um I broke my cheek and my hand in the same game. Ooh. So, um, head over the ball, and someone like hip and shouldered me, broke my cheek and it knocked me out. Oh. And then someone ran over my hand and broke my hand oh, while I was knocked down. <laughs> I remember back when I was, I was working for the Adelaide Uni um, football club. And I remember one of the guys has come running off the field. He's like, Brian, I need you to call me an ambulance. And I was like, why? And I'm looking at him and he's like, he looked completely fine. Yeah. But he was kind of standing side on to me. And I was like, why? Like, what are you fine? What are you, what are you talking about? He's like, I need you to call an ambulance now before the adrenaline runs off and I'm in a lot of pain. And I was like, what? Like, what? Like, he's run off fine, whatever else. And then he's turned and looked at me square on. His whole fucking eye sockets just completely collapsed. So, like, his face was like... Obviously, one side was normal and the rest was just caved in. So, I was like, okay, yep, I'm going to go organise an ambulance for you. Oh, man. And that was, like, it was um, friendly fire. So, they'd both come in for the ball. And, yeah, his teammate had basically head-butted him in the eye socket and it just collapsed it. Oh man, yeah. I've got I've got a friend who like did a backflip off a jetty and need kneed himself in the head. Oh, fuck. And like peel like peel, basically his face peeled off and he had to like get it stitched back on. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And what else? I know two guys that got like bottled in the oh. face and like really like needed like proper reconstructive surgery. Yeah, and, wow. Yeah. These are uh, these drunk idiots out there. Yeah, well, John Wayne Parr on the podcast was telling the story about how uh, he's such a fucking crack up. He's like your classic, your classic Aussie lovable larrikin. Yeah. And so he was over in Thailand, and I don't know whether you've ever been to Thailand, no. but they do for their their New Year's celebration is basically like a massive street water water fight. Yep. So like everyone's got buckets full of water and like water pistols and whatever else, and um. John was telling me that they, um, there was this guy who was like Dutch or something who's come up and like soaked them. So they've got their water pistols and soaked him back. And he's like dropped his fucking bucket and starts going off at him. And um, he's like, oh, what are you, are you fucking French? And John Wayne Parr's just like, we. Oui. And then it's turned into like a punch on. Yeah. And like this was John Wayne Parr's, he says, first and only street fight. And, um, yeah, he's gone for, like, a rib kick, missed, ended up kind of falling to the ground. And then next thing he said, he just felt something smack him over the head, woke up, and there was just blood, like, gushing. And his friend came over and was like, do you know what happened? He's like, yeah, I think he punched me in the back of the head with a ring. And he's like, no, you just got you just got hit with a bar stool. So, yeah, street fights. Big no-no. Yeah, no rules in street fights. Yeah. Um... Shout out to the Sammy D Foundation, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Have you seen much this fringe? Have you gone to anything? No, no. So I'm going to 
Isaac Lomond, the stage hypnotherapist. Oh, hypnotist. he's a hypnotist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had him on the podcast. I went and saw his show. Fuck, when would have been like four years ago, and it's fucking hilarious. And then I went, I did a podcast interview with him when I was last in Adelaide in November. So yeah, I've, I've said to him, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my mum to go see it. Yeah. So yeah, we're going on Saturday, and I'm so excited because yeah. he's he's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. I'm too nervous to do go to those ones because I don't want to get pulled on stuff. No, no, no. So he makes you volunteer. Yeah, he's right. like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna play play music, and you've got 20 seconds to come up and get one of these seats. And so like everyone, everyone runs for it. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. When I went, like, however long ago it was, he's like, called people up. I'm like, I'm not fucking getting up. Like, yeah. no way. Yeah. No, I would, I would hate that. Yeah. Um, have you ever done any type of hypnotherapy or anything yeah, like that? So I'm yeah, so I'm certified in hypnotherapy. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I used it heaps when I was um, when I was doing my comp prep for bodybuilding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for what? Just like uh, different like nutritional little like self sabotage patterns and like I did this was fucking amazing. I did um. This shit blew my mind. I did for... So one of my biggest weaknesses when I was bodybuilding was like my ab muscles. Mm -hmm. So because I hate training abs. I fucking hate it. So um, yeah, basically he got me to... He ran me through a visualization around basically making my abs grow through minimal training. So like every time I do train them, they just respond really well to the training. Right. And I remember, so he's running me through the, cause I was sitting there like eyes shut, whatever else in like a trance state as they call it. And he was running me through it all. And he was like, you know, basically getting me to picture the muscle activate. And he pulled me out of the trance and my fucking abs were sore. Like they were so sore as though I'd just done a workout. Wow. Yeah. And so that was like amazing. That completely floored me. And then he also got me to do, so with my bodybuilding preps, basically the further along you get and the more depleted you are, like the more you cut foods and whatever else and you're in a um, calorie deficit, um, basically the harder it is to just do basic basic shit. Mm. So I would have a, um, a morning faster cardio session pretty much every day. And I was really struggling to get that done. Like it was just, because I hadn't eaten yet for the day, it was like, it was just zombie mode mm. and so i remember saying to him like can you help me the saying to the hypnotherapist can you help me with getting motivated for or something and so he set me up he put me through this like hypno hypnosis where he basically set it up that the anchor was whenever i press start on the um treadmill it was like and his wording was there was a beast like the beast would come out of me and stand behind me and basically just push me and keep me going. And then like, as soon as I press stop, like it was, it was all good. And this is stuff that um, Mike Tyson used to use. So Mike Tyson used to utilize the beast to, to push him oh. in his fights. And so I like, I was, I remember, I remember when he ran me through it, I was like, what the fuck? Cause he was talking me through like this angry beast of an ego in my body that was like, had been caged up and like padlocked in this cage and it was fucking angry and it was like um, pacing backwards and forwards in front of the bars, like snorting and growling and stuff and like, we're going to let it free. Mm. And I remember being like, what the fuck? And then the next morning I went to the gym for my morning cardio, pressed go and it was like, like it was, it was almost, this is going to sound so made up, 
but it was like I could actually feel like something pushing me to keep going and it was still there was still that element of me that was tired Mm -hmm. but it was like a background thought rather than like a yeah you know like previously they've been at the forefront of like i'm so fucking tired i've still got 15 minutes to go or whatever and then like after that it just kind of moves to the background and it was like i just keep going do you um yeah i just i just remain skeptical yeah do you think that that has that there could be a placebo in effect potentially but at the end of the day, it works. Yeah. So you know what I mean, like. I just it like matter. now, if you get in a treadmill right now, is that still a thing? Uh probably not, because it's been so long. So yeah. the anchor like has worn off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't really know if I went to go see one. I don't know what I'd ask for. Like, I don't smoke or anything. So, yeah. But I'm I I'm interested. And also skeptical. And I think skepticism can also sort of taint the results, maybe. I don't know. Potentially. Yeah. 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 But oh, I still, I still wouldn't get on stage. I still, I, I, I think that there's, you, there's no way you can get a shy person on stage to just start acting crazy. like. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with hypnotherapy. Like, it's the stuff that they... Like, I wouldn't be able to hypnotize you into robbing a bank unless there was a part of you that was willing to rob a bank. Do you know what I mean? So, like, unless it was something you would do anyway, you can't get someone to do it, if that makes sense. So, like, there has has to be a part of you that is, like, willing. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because I just, yeah, I don't know. I sometimes feel like these people, like, who's willing to, you know... Crow like a rooster. I don't know. Like <laughs> I don't know. every time I see one of these videos, there's someone doing something like that. So it's just like, well, it's 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 kind of a weird. I think people think that when they're under hypnosis, it's like this thing where you're not even aware of what you're doing. Yeah, you are. You're fully aware, but it's like a oh, I don't really care. Right. Like it's like a, okay, like. It, it, it's almost like, yeah, like, um, some of it, some of it might, well, obviously there would be fake ones out there, but like, oh yeah, like I've seen one where they're like in this sort of outdoor amphitheater and they get this guy out of the crowd and he sits in this chair and he, you know, what head down, he's asleep and he tells the crowd, um, I'm going to. I'm going to, um, when this guy wakes up, he's going to think that we've all left him or whatever. Yeah. And he clicks again and the guy's just like, and he's just looking around everywhere and he doesn't, doesn't know what's going on. He clicks, goes back down. He's like, he's going to, he's just going to be in hysterical laughter. He's going to, it's like, you guys have just told the most amazing joke in the world. And and this guy (laughs) just loses it. Honestly, I don't get it. I, just, I mean, it's it's way over my head, but I don't, I don't understand that shit. It's crazy. I, I remember when I first did my certification, a friend of mine was so fucking sceptical. And I was like to her, I was like, okay, let like let me show you. I was like, can you just hold my keys for a sec? And she took my keys and I was like, boom, you just fucking got hypnotized. She's like, what do you mean? Like, all you did was ask me to take your keys. And I was like, yeah, but you did it. And she's like, but I was just doing what you told me to do, what you asked me to do. And I was like, well, that's all it is. Yeah. And she's like, but it wasn't like I... I remember her saying to me, like, it wasn't like I couldn't not do it. I just chose to do it. And I was like, well, that's exactly what hypnotherapy is. You know, like, there's a part of you which is fully aware that it's not... 
there's a part of you that's fully aware of what's going on, but mm. it's like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it anyway. Like, there's no resistance to doing it. Right. Yeah. There's l- like it takes your ego away or something. Yeah, sort of, I guess. Like, it's it's just like, like if I asked you to hold my keys and you did it, there'd be a part of you which was like, well, I can say no, but I'm going to take the keys. Yeah, like you know? when, so when like I that. have to go shopping with um, my girlfriend or my other friend, Corey, who loves shopping, right? Oh, hold this. Like, you're bad. Like, I'll never, never do it. You wanted to go shopping. You yeah. hold your own fucking bag. I hate that shit. So I don't think you could maybe hypnotize me to even do that. <laughs> well, yeah, it depends on, like, rapport. It depends on willingness. Like, there's so many different aspects to it. And, like, when, when the stage hypnotherapists do it, they're actually, um, what's the word, qualifying you. So the reason why he doesn't say, like, you come up and get in this seat, mm. like, the reason why he says who wants to volunteer, they've just qualified. So that he already knows that they're willing. Yeah, You right. know, and then it's like he starts trying to build rapport with them, try, like, trying to test, okay, like, this, is this person willing to do this? Is this person willing to do this? And, like, you'll if you ever go to a show, you'll see what he actually does or what they do is they, yeah, they, they keep qualifying. And if someone doesn't do it, it's like, right, okay, go sit back down. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So they don't. They don't. I mean, he might get up twenty people, and only like, like seven or so will stay on stage because the others haven't qualified. Or he basically doesn't. Obviously, he's you know, if it's an hour show, he's only got five minutes to get them under. Yeah. So he doesn't want to spend ten minutes trying to convince the other you know thirteen people or whatever to to do it. Yeah. So it's all right. We you guys go sit back down. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay, what about uh, clairvoyance? Oh, what do I do? I believe do in. Do you them? subscribe to? Uh, <sighs> I'm yeah. really torn on that. Yeah. Because there's a lot where I'm like, "Fuck off!" But I've had, I've had um, experiences and. Like, I've been to psychics. Mm. I don't... Do they differ from clairvoyance? I don't think so. Okay. I've been to psychics before, and they sh- the shit they were able to tell me was like, you cannot possibly know that. Like, you cannot possibly know that unless there was someone or something telling you that. Right. Um, I think most are bullshit, mm-hmm. but there is the odd one who, who, yeah, is legit. Yeah, that's another thing that I'm very sceptical on. Yeah. I think they... They just work on suggestion, suggestions and yeah. and the fact that people people yeah. want something. They're going yeah, there yeah. because they've got a need. And I think that's really unfair to do yeah. to people. So that's why, yeah, that's... Yeah, um, like I, I went to go see one and I remember like she was, she was saying shit to me that like never told anyone. Mm. Like, so there's absolutely no way she'd be able to know it. And then cause she, she brought up my dad and I remember she said to me, she was like, oh... Um, I can see him, he's wearing a, a yellow button-up shirt and, and like, blue ripped jeans. And, like, I was like, nah. Like, and she's like, yeah, he wears this yellow shirt all the time. I was like, nah. Like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, yeah, he wears this shirt all the time. And she, like, she was, like, arguing with me on this. And then I stopped and I thought about it. And I was like, fuck, because he's got this yellow shirt, which is so dirty from, because he works with cars and stuff. Oh, okay. So the shirt's so dirty that it's, it's, it's yellow, but it's like a really faded kind of like, 
it would almost be like a brown colour. Right. But yeah, when I sat and thought about it, I was like, oh my God, he wears it all the fucking time. Yeah, right. And so like, she was like, I was telling her straight out, no, you're wrong. And she was like, no, I'm right. And then when I sat back, I was like, fuck, she is right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that was like, you know, she's not just pulling strings here. Like she's, if she's actually arguing with me about my life, then there's probably a level of legitimate, legitimate, what's the word? Legitimate. Legitimacy. That one. (laughs) Oh, well, all right. Well, can you, can you tell us what's in your future? What's, what are your plans for the next uh, 10 months? 10 months. Where does that put us? That puts us at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right now I'm just like live, live, yeah, living the dream really. Like I don't, I'm usually a big planner right now. I'm just really enjoying whatever comes. Um, I'm really focused at the moment on like building, as I said earlier, building my brand and like, I call it showing up. Mm -hmm. Um, I've started a new program, um, with my clients called voice and it's, it's literally like, based around sharing your voice and mm. not being afraid to speak up. Like like the, the video I did about the homelessness, you know, like yep. for me that was really about like, okay, um, there's a level of shame here. Usually I would hide from that. This time I'm going to choose to use my voice and like the frequency of shame loops us back into like, like we can't create anything new from that level, right? So the, the quickest way to shift something like that is courage. And so for me, that was my act of courage of like, of like, right, I'm going to shift to a higher frequency so I can call something new into my life. And that's just through speaking it. Mm. So the program's all about getting people to speak up and actually realize the power in sharing their message, sharing their beliefs, sharing what's going on for them um, and trusting that it's going to be, whoever needs to receive it is, is going to hear it, Yeah, you know, one way or another. So for me at the moment, it's about really like, okay, like it's time. I mean, I've, I've always spoken up. I've always shared my message, but it's like, right, let's really fucking step that up and like get on some stages, get on more podcasts, um, you know, like start st- in the moments where I most want to hide, not, yeah, you know, and trusting that, that, that that's the thing that's a going to grow me most, but also give people what they need. Mm. Um, so yeah, hoping to get across to America at some point this year. Um, I want to get to Burning Man. Oh, Burning okay. Man? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that see, see Burning Man is one of the, the festivals that I can maybe see myself getting behind. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Coachella and all that. I'm not yeah, into, I'm not I think it's there. a, it's a, uh, it's just an excuse to take pictures and say, look at me. I'm, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Burning Man, I think is a bit different but yeah. i think there's still a percentage of people there oh as, it's as still very there. much like look at look at how conscious we are and yeah. like yeah yeah but um yeah I've, I've wanted to go for fucking years and i've just never quite kind of timed it properly yeah. so i'm gonna gonna do my best to get over there if everything goes to plan yeah uh, sick and yeah. when's that october i think october yeah okay. either september or october cool yeah well good luck cheers and before you go as well um, you don't only get a trophy for guest of the year, you get a hundred dollars to the charity of your choice. So Ooh, fuck. I didn't, uh, I didn't put any thought into this. Um, I don't remember who you went with last time. We, last we played time, a game, I think. Yes. Yeah. Last time I went to, and I, then the name has just completely left my brain. It was for, uh, paraplegics and quadriplegics. Oh yeah. Um, I can't remember the name oh, of the, um, so many charities. 
Yeah, no, I'm Spinal Cure. Spinal Cure. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's why we're not playing a game today because yeah, <laughs> you already win. Yeah. Fuck, I'm trying. Oh no, you put me on the spot so much. What charity do I want to? Hmm. We've been getting a lot of um, bushfire yeah, lately. Yeah, it would have. Um, I think they've got enough. I think breast cancer's got enough. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna. I don't. I, I don't know any off the top of my head, so I might have to do a Google. But mm. homelessness. Let's homelessness. homelessness. All right. That feels. That feels like a good. Yeah, symptom. maybe like SA Food Bank or um, there is the uh, oh shit. Um, there is. There's a shelter in the city. There's one, um, it's called, oh, what's it called? Women in Dignity or something like that. Okay. Something along those lines. And they provide, uh, I have to Google the exact name of it, but it's, um, they provide like sanitary products for homeless women. Oh, okay. Yeah. Homeless women. Okay. Yeah. Women. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a big one that goes overlooked a lot. Indignity. Yeah, or something. <laughs> we'll Google it. Um, now, do you have anything to plug? Plug podcast, plug. Yeah, sure. Um, so my Instagram is uh, Instagram.com forward slash Brianna Bowley, spelled B-R-I-A-N-A-B-O-W-L-E-Y. Oh, also, uh, any relation to Michael Bowley, and that's probably, you probably got 10 Michaels in your family. Um, he is a comedian, recently had a baby. Don't think so. No? Okay. No, I'm not ringing a bell. David Bowley. Uh, yeah, I've got the, a cousin called David Bowley. Um, did his vineyard burn down in the fires? No. Okay. No. Okay, those are two Bowleys I know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, it's becoming a hell, hell popular last name. Yeah. Yeah, like there's like Bowley Plumbing or something. I'm like, I drive past them all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, there were no other Bowleys, but now they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I only knew David Bowley and then in the last two years I've met... You were Michael, so... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm related to a Michael Bowley. Um, Brianna Bowley yep. on Instagram. And Facebook. And Facebook. Um, so I have a Facebook page. And then there's also the podcast, The Live Free Experience. Mm-hmm. You can find that on Instagram as well as Facebook. And then all your favorite podcasting platforms. Yep. And uh, Live Free Group Yeah. On the shelf for now. On the so, shelf. Oh, the group's on the shelf. Yeah. The group and the academy are the same thing? No. Okay. So it's a, umbre- the Live Free Group is the umbe- umbrella brand. Yeah. I can't even talk. The umbrella brand. Then we've got the podcast. So yep. the experience. We've got the movement, which is a coaching. And then we've got the academy, which is the educational platform okay. for marketing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So the movement and the academy are on the on the um, shelf for now. Yeah. Um, because long term, I want them to kind of uh, run themselves a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of want to build up my credibility a whole lot more before yeah. we start uh-huh. we'll smash it like know you will and um, thanks for coming and thank you we'll see we'll see if you can uh, defend your title next year this year this year yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome. cool thank thanks you baby welcome to baby welcome to